Welcome to Talking Friars. I am your host, Ralph Shockey. Joining me today is not only my co-host, Richard Scott, but our second consecutive guest on the show, Kevin Martin. Give it up for Kevin Martin. What's up, Kevin? What's up, Kevin? Thank you guys for having me. It's an honor. It's an honor to be on this this well-established podcast, such as Talking Friars. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, we are very lucky to have you, and uh, we are very glad and happy to make the trip up with you to stores for our last game against UConn the other night. Thank you for driving, by the way. That yes, was very you. good driving. Yeah. Nice and easy drive. For you. Yeah, another yeah. applause. Yeah. Great driving. Okay. Great driving. Great job. Yeah, you're a very good driver and didn't get us into an accident, so that was huge. He got us there. Um, because of that, we were able to see the game in person. Yeah, so, so thank you for that. So Kevin. this episode, we'll be covering the Villanova game uh, over the past weekend and then the UConn game, which we all were fortunate to uh, go see. Not not what we wanted to see at the end with the score and everything, how how well we performed, but yeah, it was still a good experience. That's why we have you on, Kev. It's an honor to have you. Yeah. And honor to be back for another week. Episode twelve, baby. Let's yeah, go. Twelve. Staying in the double digits. Uh yeah, we'll we'll start with Villanova here. Uh the Friars were lucky enough to get an eighty five seven seventy two victory over the Wildcats. Um, you know, we outscored Villanova thirty eight thirty one. In the first half, and then outscored them again, 49-41. The second half, uh, I, th- I think we'll just start with some some overall takeaways here. Um, you know, just the energy and atmosphere of the crowd was awesome. Rich, you and I were sitting together for it. We were kind of like the last row of the student section, but that was like that was awesome. That was amazing. Everyone was already going crazy. Uh, it was what it was a 4:30 start, and so we got there before the doors even opened at around like 2:20, 2:30. Um, so that was really cool. Um, I think going into this game, we were like, okay, we're at home, but we still can't overlook Villanova. And with Villanova right now, it's almost as if they're hitting their stride and they're hitting their stride at the right time before the Big East tournament starts. You know, they just upset Xavier the other night, which was huge for them. And I think one of, if not the biggest things was, you know, our top three, four guys needs to outscore their top three, four guys. And, it really came down to, okay, we only need to defend really, you know, Dixon, Moore, and Whitmore. That's kind of their big three, right? And by looking at the box score here, just as a brief reminder of what happened in the game, their, you know, freshman Phenom Whitmore only had seven points. You know, Dixon had a really good game with 18, and then Moore had 17. So we kind of beat only one of those three guys, but then you, you look to our box score – and we had four players in double figures compared to – they only had three, correct? Uh, oh, no, one, four, two. They the had bench. four as well. Armstrong coming off the bench getting 10 for them in 19 minutes. So. Um, yeah, but I think this was a game where, you know, our, our best four beat their best four. And I think the fact that we were at home made a, made a big difference in the game. Um, you know – what was really funny, and one of the highlights that I took away from it was that someone actually threw a tall boy onto the court. Someone threw a tall boy onto the court. Someone threw a tall boy onto the court. There was, a, there was quite a couple. Not yeah. Long. No, there was a couple. Yeah. But, yeah, no, Ralph and I, bringing it back up, we sat together at the game. We got there around 2.30. There were people lined outside of the dunk at 10.30, really early in the morning. You know it's game day in Friarstown mm-hmm. when everyone's going to the dunk, and people are lined outside pitching tents, basically sitting outside there since like 10.30 in the morning, but happy to be there with you, Ralph. And yeah, no, going back to that atmosphere was crazy. 
This was the first time we swept Villanova since 2013. Yeah. So in 10 years, this is the first time we were able to sweep them. So grab the brooms, Ralph. Yeah. Grab, the, grab brooms, the brooms, and then you can sweep the tall boys with them. <laughs> yes, there yeah, you go. But, yeah, there no, we, we, we were saying how the crowd got so rowdy. <laughs> we looked at each other and were like, what are the chances when these tall boys is going to hit the court? Yeah. And sure enough, we saw one just go up. And, you know, I don't know, like, how well, like, that represents our school it's, it's sort of like a little bit of a bummer that that happened and like you know like that student did throw it because it gives sort of like a bad rap to like yeah. providence and like our student section especially because i was re-watching like the film like on uh, fs1 like taped it and uh they were saying like seconds before like how amazing our student section was and then you show our athletic director like screaming at us yeah. for like our actions <laughs> you know but it's just the actions of a few i want to clarify that but uh, yeah, just a great show off from the Friar fans, and I think that that was a key reason to our victory. Yeah, the the student section definitely played a, a big hand in the victory. Like I, I I taught, like I went left to you, and I'm like, yeah, I wonder if anyone's actually gotten a tall boy onto the court. And what do you know? A few seconds later, he, it's chucked down to the court, and Napolilo comes over the loudspeaker, like you were embarrassing Providence College, like this is an embarrassment, true, like. Yeah. It's silly, all this stuff. It was so funny, but you just saw them like flying out of the air, like yep. they were like fly balls for God's sakes. It was crazy, just one after the other after the other. Like, I'm glad that I didn't like throw one. That, that was I'm, I was happy we were at the last row of the uh, yeah, student section. That's who we weren't getting hit in the head with any of them. But that's who. But yeah, no, just crazy student section. Few uh, few bad apples who throw them onto the uh, yeah. court. But besides that, though, you, you got to respect like all the fans, their dedication to the team and. Willingness to be there on a Saturday. But going back into the game, I got to say, this was Croswell's game. Yep. This was Croswell's game. Croswell owned Villanova in this game. He stopped their big men. He stopped uh, like defensively but offensively as well. I mean, got getting 21 points, 10 rebounds in total. Double-double for him. Nice double-double. Ed Croswell, I think, is that, is that guy like that we, we need on this team. Mm -hmm. He is our Nate Watson from last year. He's actually putting up more more points per game, more rebounds per game, better stats than Nate Watson did last year. And don't forget, Nate Watson was our star player. Yeah. And and Ed Croswell is doing this this year. And we we have Hopkins, we have Carter, we have Locke behind him. Mm -hmm. So I think that you know just goes to show the depth of our team once again. Yeah, I feel like with Ed Croswell, like he's definitely our biggest glue guy, and I def I think he's definitely the leader of the team. Like. Without Croswell, we wouldn't have a lot of leadership, a lot of veteran experience. The veteran experience, mostly, yeah. The thing with Croswell is, like, you notice when he scores his points down low in the paint, he's almost as, like, a technician. Mm -hmm. Like, he's got to hit one, two, three until he can go up and then score. Whereas with Watson, he can just bully you in the paint, just post you up mm -hmm. and just draw a foul or either just bank it in. But it's funny that you mentioned how Ed Croswell is having a better season than Watson did last year. It almost feels like... It doesn't feel like he is, though. No, he's been silent about it. Yeah. So we, we're sort of all hyped about Bryce Hopkins and Devin Carter that I think Croswell has just sort of gotten like lost in the mix, sort of. Yeah. But he's always that player that always shows up, will give you double digits and points, and he will provide you with those rebounds. Mm -hmm. And it just so happened that this game against Villanova, he just he couldn't miss. He only missed two times, going 7 for 9, and 7 for 9 on the free throws, too. So, yeah. I mean, pretty interesting stat going 7 for 9 in both, uh, both categories. categories, but... Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think it was just his game. He was all, he was on fire. So would you? So I guess trying to make the argument now, I, I think you know you'd have to put Croswell as our second most valuable player, right? Or would you put Hopkins I, at number two? 
I, I can make an argument that he's the most valuable player. Wow. Okay. Because the drop-off between him and Clifton Moore is – Pretty substantial. It's significant. Like, when Moore comes in the game, it's like almost like every time the centers dominate. And it's like two minutes, Clifton Moore, and then, like, Cooley brings Ed Croswell back in. It's like he needs to be there on the court, like, at all times. And, like, I think he's the X factor of this team. Yeah, I think that's something you saw in the UConn game, right? Um, yeah. I think, I mean, Croswell got the majority of minutes, but it seemed as if, like, whenever Clifton was struggling in that game, Cooley was just so quick to pull Croswell out, out of the bench and bring him back on. Yep. Um, but, no, I think that just cements, like, you know, Carter is probably the most valuable. Like, I would rank the top three in terms of valueness of the team. It would probably be – Carter, Bryce, Croswell. That's what I would say, too. I think that's my list. But I think you could very well make make the argument for Croswell being number two. Yep. Uh, how do you rank him, Kevin? I, I agree. I think Hopkins got to be number one. Like, he's playing, like, the whole game. Like, in this yeah, game, 40, 40 minutes. minutes yeah. In the double overtime game against Creighton, he played all 50 minutes. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's, he's a guy that's going to be there, like, throughout the game, just giving you hard-nosed minutes going to be there points wise even if he's struggling he's going to get you rebounds and then I would go man it's neck and neck between Croswell and Carter I think Croswell because the gap between Moore yeah and Croswell like he's just the center that you need on the team and then yeah. Carter Carter's just so valuable too with his defensive oh, yeah. ability mm-hmm. but like those three guys are just like so valuable to this yep. team I don't even know if you would list, like, Croswell as a center, though. I feel like he's more of a power forward. But he lacks, like, the size and height of a center. Would you agree? I feel like Clifton I, Moore is more of a center. I agree. Like, more height wise. Threes, though. Yeah, he made but, a uh, three in the Moore, UConn game. Or Clif- Clifton Moore could, like, yeah. actually shoot. Like, that's the difference between him and, uh, yeah. and I mean, uh, Croswell. But. Croswell, like, acts as our center, though, and he yep. he plays like a center. Like, he gets mm-hmm. offensive rebounds. Yep. Like, yeah. I think there was some stat in that he was, like, 15th in the nation or something and like, offensive rebounds per game. Like, he's a uh, – rebound-wise, he does so much. And, like, just as a center, like, on our team, like, so valuable. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of other, like, game takeaways. Um, Hopkins just had like a good game with 19 like you kind of expect that going in especially at home Croswell this was his one of if not his best game of the season with 21 and what he was able to do defensively Carter was a little quiet with only 12 but he makes it up for what he does on the defensive end of the floor Bynum added 9 that's a nice nice average for him like nice game Um, how do you you do in the assist column 2 assists that's low. Fine. That's low for him, but um, and then Locke was 16, so you love to see. How did he do from three? Let's see. two, two, two for four? four. Okay, so he shot 50 percent from three. Um, but, but, I mean, he shot 67 percent overall. That's not too yeah. bad for Locke. When Locke had hit, he gets you 16. It's yeah. a great performance. You'll take that. You'll take That's that any day of the week. Especially when you have already someone who got into the 20 points, uh, Ed Croswell. Yeah, everything was falling for Ed. I think that the main game game plan for this game was to just dish it down to Ed. Ed will make it happen, mm-hmm. and it happened. And that's why I don't think there was any point in this game where like I was worried about losing or thought that we you know, sort of lost our momentum. 
I mean, I, we were only down, we were only up by five at the half, and you know, like there was sort of like some like worry like that they could come back, but we right after half just picked up our momentum right where we left off and just really took away with it, outscoring Villanova by seven points and uh, or eight points rather in the uh, second half. Yeah, I think uh, I, I it was just like a very like it was very much like a last year's team game. Yeah. You know what I mean? In terms of like feeding Ed down the paint and then. You know, you feed Locke off of that, Bynum, Carter, Hopkins, like right. everyone so it else. It was like a Nate Watson, A.J. Reeves, yeah. like all over. Yeah. But but we were able to get the win at the dunk this year. Right. Whereas, like, I mean, Villanova Oh, right, yeah, we year, lost last year. Villanova yeah. last year, they were the only team uh, we lost to at home. Yep. And yep, that Gillespie shot still haunts me. But yep. we're going to try to get through that as best we can. Get through. I mean, we finally did. We yeah. swept them this yeah, year. Yeah, swept them. So, yeah, that, swept that helps. Them, so. helps. That definitely helps. Yeah, and Jay Wright too. And Jay Wright. Uh, right. um, but e- even if they're lacking talent, I mean, still can't overlook them. It's still Villanova. Yeah, yep. Like that's what scares me about the Big East tournament. Is like I really don't want to face Nova round one just because of right. the success they had and they're they're hitting you know the their right, right stride at the right time. Right. I mean, um, they they just beat Xavier at the yeah. Zimtaz Center. Yeah. I mean, how does that happen? How does that? Big happen? East. The I Big mean, East. In the I Big mean. East, you have such a home field advantage, a home court advantage. Mm-hmm. And Xavier, who's arguably one of the best teams in the Big East, I'll put him a little bit below Marquette, maybe a little bit below Creighton as well. But Xavier should have beaten Villanova, and this sort of worries me going into the Big East tournament because now Villanova is going to have that momentum. Yeah, they're going to have. Hey, we we beat Xavier at home, like we could do it in the Big East tournament. Or well, they beat him away. Oh, well, oh yeah, 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 yeah away. Right. Yeah, yep. Um, they they beat Xavier at, at Xavier's home. Yeah, court, right. That's arguably like top. Ten atmosphere in the nation. Oh yeah, yeah. the Centaur Center. Yeah, no, it's legit. Yep. It's legit. But um, I think just Justin Moore being back, bring that veteran leadership. Like, yeah, he's, he's definitely their best he, player. He's their best player by far. He brings that leadership, and he's just like a scorer at all levels. Like he can mm-hmm. back down a point guard, score from the outside. I I think against Xavier, he's like had twenty five points. He was just like dominant on all levels. Yes. But, yeah, this Villanova team is very scary. I would not want to face them in the Big East tournament. Definitely. They, they've they had experience of just winning the Big East tournament like, mm-hmm. year after year. But, yeah. Yeah, you think there's a chance we would go 3-0 and against them? Or are you worried about that? I'm worried about that. I would be worried, but I 3-0 and against Villanova would be pretty nice. Pretty sweet. Would be. Pretty nice. Pretty nice. sweet. It's just, it's so hard to beat, like the old saying goes, like it's so hard to beat a team three times. Yeah. And especially, like, what worries me, the two things that worry me about Villanova is, like, they're playing their best basketball at the right time. And then you, and for the third time, you would play them in a neutral site, which worries me a lot because we won't be on our home floor, which gives us a huge, huge advantage. Yeah. And Madison Square Garden will be filled with, you know, probably equal amount of Nova and Providence fans, but still, like, it's not sold out for PC fans, which... Which is a big concern for me. And like going off of and speaking to your point of like when you're a Big East team, like the home court advantage is just that large. It is. So when for Villanova to get a, a road win against Xavier, that that's huge for them, their resume and how they're playing right now. Yep. Um, but that's not this game. That's not the game. Like not, we're talking about. We're, we're talking about. Talking about this one. Yeah, this one. We beat them. We beat them by 13. It was great. Yeah. It was great. Really lifted up my spirits. Mm-hmm. I thought we would have had that momentum going into UConn. Yeah. yeah, what happened happened. That was tough. What happened happened. But 
Yeah, no, I, I would just say that this, this weekend game against Villanova, great time. Great time. Great game. Yeah, great it was just the it was just fun. Team win. Like, whenever we're in our home building environment, I don't worry at all. No. Because I know we're going to win. Yeah. Yep. I mean, the only time I did worry was against Nova last year, obviously. But now that we swept them, now, and like, I just don't feel worried when we're at home. And it, it was so nice for, you know, Croswell to be the main guy and just feed him in the post and everyone to work off of him. Like, that's what, that's probably our biggest ingredient to winning games is outscoring opponents in the paint and offensive rebounding as well, which I believe we won that battle. I don't know if you offensive can pull it up. Seven. Seven. Seven, two. Oh, oh, they had oh okay. We lost that battle. So, But we, we, we beat him in the rebound battle by seven. So, Okay, yeah, you'll take I'll that plus seven. Overall. Um, yeah. yeah, that's a crucial ingredient. I don't know if that shows uh, points in the paint. but No, it doesn't. But we, we got all the points from Ed Crosby, right. so we were able to really, I think, really outscore Villanova in the paint, mm-hmm. and that was a key factor to our win. Yeah, and you look at, or it's Kevin, as you were just mentioning, the, the gap between Clifton Moore and Ed Croswell. You look at Clifton Moore and Croswell, the split between Croswell and Moore, and Moore only had seven minutes. Yeah. Croswell had 32 minutes. Mm-hmm. Croswell played the majority, if not all, of the game, and, you know, it shows you that you know when Croswell is on, much much like Noah Locke, like he's gonna stay in there no matter what because he's our biggest, or no pun intended, but he's our biggest big man. Um, uh, what's the word I'm trying to find? Presence. Um, like he he does that the best out of, or he's the biggest big man out of everyone we have on our team. You know, you're not gonna you're not gonna throw Slim in there. Um, so like much like like Noah Locke, when he's going, he's gonna stay in, and Clifton Moore is gonna hit the bench. When he's not going, Clifton's gonna go in and see what he can do. But you see the thirty-two and seven-minute split, and it really shows you how how valuable Croswell really is to this team. I think uh, thirty-two minutes as a center is like so impressive. Yeah, like, yeah. Guy, big guy, just like being out there all times. Like he's running he's up work- and down the court. Yeah, yep. he's working in the paint like at all times, just like. The level of conditioning he's in, it's, yeah, it's got to be like so impressive. Yeah, like he's definitely got to be got to be in the right shape. Like he's got to be like one of, if not the most conditioned guys on the team. Yeah, if yeah. he's thirty-two minutes as a center, and you know what centers have to do compared to like point guards and forwards on the perimeter, it's like you're getting back down almost every play. Yeah. So you really got to hold your ground, and then you got to go to the other end of the floor, and then come back. Like it's a lot you don't think of, like. To the casual fan, they just like, oh, you know, just a center, like, they're slow and they just stay in the paint. But Croswell has a very important key and, and vital role for the team. And when he's able to fill that with 21 points and lead us to victory, he'll take that any day of the week. Any day. Um, but yeah, it was just a fun time, fun win. Glad we got the sweep. Uh, four and double figures. I'd love to see that. Croswell leading the way. Love to see that as well. Like just his veteran leadership, presence, experience, the glue guy, all of it. Like how valuable he is, and like in terms of forwards and centers on the team with a 32 and seven minute split with more. Um, but you know, Bryce had a good game. 19. Croswell obviously 21. Carter was, you know, fine with 12, but just defensively, what he was able to do. Um, yeah. You'll take that over his offensive abilities when he's not going. Yeah, I think Carter in this game, he really he slowed his shots down. He, he took good quality shots. He only shot six times in this game. So he sort of 
He went from like that Superman, like the game before against Creighton. To Robin. Right. Back right. to Robin. Back, back to Robin. Croswell took the Batman cape. Yeah. Croswell took it. Croswell was that dude in this that game. That dude. But Carter, Carter just took the higher percentage shots in this game. Went one for two from three, four for six overall. I think he slowed his shot down even more. And he was able to put up 12, and I think that he, he did the best he possibly could. Yeah. I think that's what you asked for him with only taking six shots. Yeah, four He only played six, 26 four. minutes, so he played a little bit more than half the game. I think that was a great, really efficient um, outing from Devin Carter in this game. Yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, Bynum plays 27 and only drops nine. But, you know, you anywhere from like 10 to 12 to 13, you'll take with Bynum. He, he's nearly at it with nine. Right. Again, we've said, you know. He's got to facilitate. He's just got to do his role, do his job, just slash to the hoop, open lanes up for Croswell and his other teammates, and that's what he did. So can't ask anything more from that. And, you know, when, when Locke gives you plus 16, you know, as a starter and from three, and when you also have Croswell, Hopkins, and a little bit of Carter going, then you'll take that as well. And it just goes to, like, just goes to show, you know, how dangerous the team is and how we can score in a multitude and a variety of ways. Yeah. You just you want to see that can like consistently not only at home but on the road and that's a that's a big that's a big part with Noah Locke and how he's been for us this season. Uh, on the bench, you know, we talked about the Moore Croswell split. Moore only had seven minutes. Pierre only had seven minutes. Only scored two. Moore didn't score anything. Floyd had twenty points, which is nice to see. Or twenty minutes. Or twenty minutes. He only sorry. Had one point. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, I got that mixed up. He, yeah, he, I wish he had twenty points. Couldn't get anything to hit. Only shot threes in this game. Went zero for three. But he was able to get the two assists and three rebound, three rebounds in the twenty minutes. He was out there. He was out there on the court. Didn't really provide anything offensively, but he was able to at least get some stuff, some some stats in this game. And hopefully, you know, I I, I like seeing Corey Floyd out there. Me too. Because. I've mentioned this many times on the show. Like, when Corey Floyd is out there, he does what he has to do. Yeah, Whether he does his role. Defensively, yeah. hit a three-pointer in this game. He didn't hit any. I thought one of these three were going to go in, but um, didn't hit anything. But he played his role, got three yeah. rebounds, two assists, and 20 minutes. For a bench player, it's sometimes like, you've just like, got to yeah. take that. But It's like you don't really, like, his performance isn't based off the box score. It's what he actually right. did in the game if exactly. you actually watch the game. Yep. And I feel like Corey Floyd Jr. is someone who I don't find myself really getting frustrated no, or mad at Never. compared to like I always like to see other players. I always he, feel good when yeah. he's in the game. Because he'll, he'll take out Locke for like a little bit. Mm-hmm. And sometimes not having Locke in the offense and having that security on defense just is better off. Yeah. And I think that Corey Floyd in this game just locked down on defense when Locke wasn't out there on the court and did what he had to do. So. Yeah, it almost feels like Corey Floyd is like our seventh man, so to speak. Yeah. Like, Bynum was our sixth man last year, and now he's back as a starter. And then you had, like, Breida as our sixth man six. now. And, like, Corey Floyd Jr. is, like, that seventh guy. Yeah, and I would say Pierre is sort of in there, too. Yeah, like seven and a half, yeah. eight. Right. But I, I take, you know, Corey Floyd Jr. as, like, the seventh best player on the Same team here. for sure. Yep. And then, you know, Breida adds 17 – you know, with Breed, you just you like what he does defensively more so yeah. than offensively. You know, he's kind of like a he's like Bynum, but just a better defender, I would just say. Better, yep, he has that size to him a little bit. Yeah, he's much taller. That, yeah, I think he's that, what six top, four. Yeah, that size advantage against Bynum that he could really just bully people on defense. Mm-hmm. And Breed, I, that that's what Breed does best. So when we have like a lineup with Breed, Floyd, Carter. And Hopkins, like, Croswell. Hopkins, Croswell. 
that's like our best possible, I would say, defensive yeah. um, formation that we could have. I agree. We saw this in UConn, and it, it worked for like a little bit, but then it, mm-hmm. it just took off. Uh, I don't know if you want to move over yeah. to that game. Uh, do you have any other takeaways from the game, Kevin? Uh, I think, as you described, Corey Floyd is just a smart basketball player yeah. in general. That's a good way of putting it. I think Breed, I think he... He's a great free throw shooter. If he could drive to the hoop more and start drawing fouls more, that would be key. But, yeah, sixth and seventh man, those guys are key to our team, and they honestly deserve more recognition, like, some yeah. of the times. But, yeah. Yeah, I think – and then that's, like, a big thing with March Madness is, like, a co- your depth is so important in March Madness games. Like, you got to be seven, eight, nine guys deep. And I think we have the potential to do that. Yeah. It's just a matter of everything coming together at the same time and clicking, clicking yeah, yeah. Yep. chemistry, really. And that was, like, a big issue at the beginning of the season that we were referring to, like, in early episodes, which was, like, we didn't really have a team identity. We weren't really clicking. Like, we were pretty soft and then kind of rolled through a non-conference play and then got into conference play, and then we all of a sudden found an identity and how we're going to win games. And, you know, right now we sit at a 12-5 and four, or, well, twelve and five conference record. 12-5. So... Uh, like I said, like that's fine. Yeah. We just gotta win out, win our last three, head into the Big East tournament with momentum. I'm hoping to get UConn in that like four or five matchup. If not, I think we'll probably be the three seed. Um, yeah, if we beat Xavier. I think we secure the yeah. three seed. Yeah, I think so too. So yeah, I think uh, I think that's it for the Villanova recap. And with that, we'll now shift it to I'd say UConn story time and recap. UConn story time. Um, the, story, the story from stores. Yes, the story from stores. Uh, yeah, so, you know, I guess we'll just open this up to, like, us telling a story about it. Um, and we planned it, like, a few weeks ago. Um, like, originally it was, like, Rich and I were supposed to go. And, like, all three of us are in management class. So Rich and I were trying to be like, oh, do you want to go to the UConn game? Like, oh, that'd be super fun. Then, like, we figured it out. And then we asked you, Kevin, because we sit at the same table. And, Rich, you sit at the table next to us. You're like, oh, are you going to the UConn game? And, like, it turned out that you actually rented a car, yeah, a had, zip car. I had a whole trip planned out, meeting my cousins up there. He got a student ticket for me. And then Ralph asked me if I was going to the game. And he was like, yeah, I'm going with Rich. And then I had a car rented out. And I was like, I can take you guys. And then it worked out perfectly. Yeah, it certainly worked out perfectly because Wednesday we had – we had organization behavior from one thirty to two twenty, and then yep. we all went back to our dorms, got our stuff, went to you know Huxley Gate. Kevin, you got the car like down the street there. You pulled up, I got in, and we waited for Rich, and then we we hit the gas and, and headed up to stores. And uh, unfortunately, route yeah, Route Six. Unfortunately, it wasn't the outcome that we wanted, but it was no. like a it's good experience. Yeah, it, it was, was a fun experience. It was a fun time. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I was telling you, I was telling this to you, Ralph, like a, many times now. Uh huh. Terrible game. Great, Great experience. experience. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Great experience. Yes. I got to say, um, being there in the Gamble Pavilion, their, their student section was crazy. Rowdy. They was rowdy. rowdy. But, but I think they did that on purpose. I mean, you play the Friars on $2 bear nights. Yeah. I mean, yeah. white like, out, white out, senior night. It was a tough environment. Ralph it was a tough. Yep. Yes, this was UConn Super Bowl. <laughs> this was this UConn was. Super Bowl. They needed to win more than us. We won the first game at home. They had to win it on their home floor. They had $2 beer night, which helped them 
like very much. I think so. They yeah. had senior night as well, where they honored three seniors. And that was their whiteout game. It was their whiteout. And that's the, the all those three things combined to say, okay, this is our biggest home game left in the season. We need to win or else we're doomed. Right. And like, unfortunately, they were able to win it, but right. Like this was a game they had to win and they won. Like I was telling, I was sitting with two, well, three UConn kids, two of my buddies during the second half. We were in section like one, one fourteen, one ten or something, and like. My view was, like, really, really good. But I was telling them, like, you guys need to win more than us. Like, you guys can't really get, like, a forward to get swept by us. I mean, it would be, right. be great for us, but you guys need it more. So. Right. Um, yeah, no, they, they wanted it. They yeah. wanted it. They, they, yeah. they sort of had to prove something. Like, they couldn't get swept by Providence. No. I don't know why. Well, actually, well, after this game, you know, like, it, it sort of makes sense why the ranking is the way that it is uh, mm-hmm. in the AP Top 25. But going into this game, I was like, there's no way UConn is ranked, like, ahead of us. Yeah. Especially Didn't with, feel that way. With the way that their conference play has, has sort of panned out throughout, like, throughout all, all conference play, really. I mean, just because they had a hot start in, like, non-conference games, and then I think they ended up being, like, 14-0, and 0, like, undefeated. And then they started getting, like, their losses. And at one point, I mean, they were number two in the country. Yeah. They were number two in the country. We beat them so. when they were number four. Right. We beat them when they were number four. So I think that this this was the game where they had to once again prove themselves that they 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 could beat this Providence team. Yeah, they have talent. I will say that they do have talent. Okay. Their their players are just spectacular, and they were able to really just out outperform our guys. But they needed this win more than us. I think they fall harder than us. We saw that in the second half. They just yeah. dominated us, and it was sad to see. Like, I, I got to a point where I was like, just end it. I was like, just yeah. end it at this point. Yeah, we even put but, in Slim at the end of the game, and he had, did. like, that dunk, like, that steel dunk, yeah. and, like, slammed it down. I'm like, okay, that's, like, your only highlight from the season that you put on your mixtape when you're playing, like, right. overseas, for God's sakes. Right. Like, <laughs> exactly. So that was pretty funny. Like, at that point, like, the game was over. I'm like, all right, now we're putting in Slim. Like, yeah. when they had, you know, seven-foot-two clinging out there who right. had multiple alley-oops where we could add Slim there. And, like, that was a big part of the game for me. Like, this loss was 100% on Ed Cooley. And I love Ed Cooley. I love Coach Cooley to the day I die. But this loss was 1,000% on him. And – I did not like the substitutions that he made and, like, the checks that he made, some of the lineups that he threw out there. I thought Bynum should have played more. And he even put him put it on himself after the game. I was watching his post-game presser. He's like, this is 1,000% on me. This was men's against boys, which it was. Like, UConn just wanted yep. to win more than enough. They were more tough. They were more physical. You know, they, they won the rebound battle, like, by 20. And, you know, I was watching Hurley's post-game presser, too, and he was like, you know, we thought we might be able to out-rebound them by five, and that they out-rebounded us by, what, 20, I believe? Somewhere yeah. around there? Yeah, it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. They did 20. Yeah. They had 40 rebounds to our 20. Yeah, they out-rebounded us by 20. And they, had, and they had 20 assists, and we only had nine. Yeah. So. I think that was the biggest difference was out-rebounded because we're one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the country, and we got an out-rebound by 20. I, yeah. So I think that was the biggest difference. Right. and. Another key factor that played into the loss was we just got outscored in transition. We did. Like, we UConn did. is so damn good at transition. And, like, every time they were in transition, I'm like, okay, you know, they're going to give it to Jordan Hawkins and he's going to make a three, or they're going to give it to Caravan and he's going to make a three, or one of their two, or Newton, or whoever is going to, like, drive down, try to get it to Klingon or Sonogo or something, or they're going to set a screen up top. Like, in transition, they are just so dangerous. They can score in a multitude of ways, and it's just they're so fast coming down the floor and – you got to get a hat for a hat. And it's just they beat us in rebounding. They beat us 
in transition. They wanted it more. They were the tougher team. They were a more physical team. They had the home crowd atmosphere and environment on yeah. their side. They had the advantage there. It was like it was their Super Bowl. It was their big night, and they certainly delivered with a 18-point uh, victory. So, yeah. I mean, credit to UConn. Credit credit to Coach Hurley and and the guys. Like his men were tougher than our men, and you know that was that was really the difference. Yeah, I would say if we played like we played in the first half, I think we would have had a chance oh, yeah. in this game. Yeah. I think we would have had a chance in this game. I, didn't uh, Hawkins have like that last second halftime shot? I think for the three point Aline? Was it? Naheem Aline? Like yep. it was very deep three. Yeah. Very yeah. deep three. Yeah. So we were only down by two and then that mm-hmm. made it to like within five. Yeah, that kinda switched. That was a big and momentum that sort of shift. Like yeah. Switched like the momentum even more. But if I if it was within two, we performed that the way we did with I thought Bynum we had a shot. three after Yeah, three Bynum after was three. so good in the first half. So Why so did we take him out? Why did we take him out? Four for four. Defensively, we, we we had steal after steal after steal. I mean it, it was just like Five consecutive times, like when UConn had the ball, like we just we took it away from them, or they would turn it over, we would take it away from them, and we would just score. And we went on like a run in like the first half for like a little bit, but we were always down by like a little. But mm-hmm. we are a second half team, yeah. and that's why I, I kept on reminding myself. Yeah, like, when we were down at half, we're, like five we're, and we're, half, we're yeah. a second half team. Down by five is nothing, nothing new to us. We've been down by five at half before and and overcame this adversity. You know, like, we have been able to make it past, you know, being down in the first half. Mm-hmm. But we could not get anything in the second. No. However, like, there was there was a time, like, we kept it close. It's like within 10 minutes left in the second half. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as it hit 10 minutes, and this was also surprising, too, because UConn was, we were, we were in the double bonus. UConn had 10 fouls with 10 minutes left. And we were only down within five. We were only down within five. UConn had 10 fouls. Every time that UConn fouled us, we would have we gotten to the line. So if we just hit some shots, made some better ball movement on offense, I mean, we could have we went away with the win. Having UConn in foul trouble, we could have made free throw after free throw after free throw. That's sort of how we beat teams at the amp earlier in the mm-hmm. season is getting to the line. Mm-hmm. That could have been a possibility. And if we were only down by five, we just could have – hit two shots, make it within one, maybe take the lead at some point. It just didn't happen. And that didn't happen. UConn just kept on scoring, 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 scoring. Bullying us, Sonogo with the alley-oops. Yeah, uh, clinging with, with the alley-oops. I mean, the crowd just got rowdy, and, and they just got so into it that as soon as the 10-minute mark hit, we were just... All hell broke loose. All, all hell broke loose. <laughs> we, were, we were done. We were yeah. done for it. Yeah, like basketball is a game of runs, and yep. in the second half especially, there was just like, well, like I guess in the game in general, it just felt like we couldn't. Well, I guess more in the second half, but it just felt like we couldn't get anything to drop, yep. and like that's when the margin of error narrative kicks in for me with this team. It's like, okay, we got to score, we got to score, we got to score, or else like UConn's going to go on this huge run or multiple runs, and that's exactly what happened. And that's what happens when you when they're in transition, and like. You know, there were just some – and we, we shot well from the free throw line. We shot 17 for 20. And yep. I'm looking at the box score, and, you know, Bynum only had 20 minutes. And then, you know, we just talked about with this Nova yeah. game with, with Breed and Corey Floyd. You know, Breed had 16 and Floyd had 15, so they were pretty much split. Right, and Bynum only had four yeah. minutes and five minutes on both of them. It's like, why did Bynum only play for half the game yeah. when he played so yeah. well in the first half? It's just head-scratching. I just don't understand that. Well, I think that there were certain times where 
I think Cooley put in Bree to fill that defensive gap. Yeah. And I don't think that even having our strongest defensive players, our best defensive players, couldn't even stop them at some times. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's where we brought in a lineup for defense, and mainly defense, but UConn was still like able to overcome even our best defensive players. Yeah, no, that's so, a great point. I think, but, but I, I do believe that. that Bynum should have gotten a lot more minutes than only playing half the game, only oh, yeah. twenty minutes. If Bynum, Bynum was on fire this game. Yeah, I'm first sorry. half. Bynum, Bynum was just on fire. They was three after three after three after three. Mm-hmm. Like, if he played more in the second half, he could have made those key shots, those clutch shots. Like he pretty much always does. Yeah. You know, Especially I, in the big games. Yeah, look at Xavier. The big games. But no, I, I, got, I got another takeaway here. Go for it's it. Ed Croswell. They limited Ed Croswell yeah. in this game. Yeah. Their big men beat our big man, so to say. Yeah. You know, because they yep. have playing in Ansonogo. And Twin both towers. of them were able to beat Ed Croswell. And that's something in the game that we played him in at home was – Ed Croswell beat both of them. Yeah. He was actually bullying them mm-hmm. down in the paint when yeah. we played them at, at home. Yep. And that, that was one of the keys to, to victory. Like our victory in our home game against UConn. But yeah. I think that what they focused on mainly was stop and get our, our points in the paint, mm-hmm. which is what led us to the victory against Villanova yeah. like the week before. Yeah. I think that that's something that UConn really focused on before and like watched like all like, you know, the previews of our team. Mm-hmm. And they said – our big men need, need to, be to stop Croswell. Mm-hmm. They need to stop Croswell. And if they could get rid of like that one sort of like easy out for us to just get it into the paint, put it up, and beat Ed, Ed Croswell, who's just a phenomenal player, I think that they, they, they're – and they showed in this game that they were able to beat us. You just look at the difference with Ed Croswell in the Villanova game compared to the UConn game. It's just night and day. Yeah. And that just goes to show you how valuable he really is to the team. Yep. You know, in the Villanova game, he had 21 points win. UConn game, he only has eight loss. And as right. you just said, Rich, their big men beat our big man. Yep. And that was another key difference in the game. But I also think the second biggest matchup in the game was Alex Caravan versus Bryce Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Because in the first game, it was really, you know, Hopkins and Croswell were the ones that led us to victory. And then in the second game, you know, it was Caravan, Jackson, and UConn's big man that propelled UConn to the victory. And I think Caravan took the first game personally. It was like, okay, I'm going to learn from my mistakes. I'm going to lock up Hopkins as best as I can. Yeah. You know, he's probably and arguably the best player in the Big East. I'm going to lock him up as best as I possibly can. And he only ended up scoring 16 points. And, like, that's a really good defensive night from Caravan, who I believe is also an NBA player like Hopkins. And so yeah. – it was really like, it was really Hawkins, Caravan, and UConn's big men beating Hopkins, Crosswell, and Carter. Yeah. And like, and what played into that was out rebounding, physicalness, toughness, and transition. Yeah. And I think those were just the biggest differences in the game. No, I agree. Uh, what do you think, Kev? I think we just lacked energy as a yep. whole in the second half. It was like every game, like it's like. We are, like, full of energy. Everyone's, like, getting rebounds. And it's just, like, as Rich said, like, you hit that 10-minute mark. It was just, like, we are almost, like, playing, like, dead. Mm-hmm. Right. It felt like. And, like, Jared Bynum being on the bench, it felt like we needed, like, a spark. Pl- playmaker, yeah. spark guy. You know, like Pierre only had time. 12 minutes. 
like we needed Bynum out there. He he's that playmaker that we need. And Croswell, like I think this is like his worst game of the season. Arguably. Probably, like, yeah. Like, In the Big he, East, especially. Yeah, he got beat like by Sonogoyles like three times. Just, yeah, like, yeah, just the, blew by him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's when Ed Croswell is not playing like a good game, it makes the world yeah. difference. Yeah, yeah. Because like, then you can't get in the paint, and then you got to get everything from the outside. And yeah. we just lack the shooters that UConn has. Yeah. yeah. You know, they have Colgaterra, they have Hawkins, they have Caravan. But yeah, I, I I completely forgot they they hit ten three pointers. Yeah. yeah. They hit ten three. How many did Hawkins hit of those? Uh, Hawkins hit three. Okay. Hawkins hit three of them. Caravan hit two. Mm. I mean, compared to R eight. Four of them coming from Bynum himself. Yeah. I mean, well, they had 20 minutes in the game. And, and that, was like against, that was in, like, the first half, too. That was that was only in the first half. Yeah. yeah I, I, I would say we completely changed our identity in this game. I think that we were more of a first-half team than a second-half team. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, we sort of kept it close in the first half and just let it go away in the second. Yeah. And it was sort of sad to see, but I, I, I think – Personally, this was the worst performance that the Friars had all season. I agree. Yeah. That, that's just what I think yeah. personally. I think St. John's was a bad loss a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. but I don't think but, it was yeah. anything compared yeah. to how bad and how sort of just we just fell off in the end. Yeah. And just sort of just almost as if like it was a video game where someone like put like the like the team to like the easiest level. Yeah, rookie and mode. Just, right, like, yeah. rookie mode and just like absolutely demolished it. Yeah, our, you con- know, like, our controller died. Yeah, right, our exactly. controller died. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I, I think that this was our most brutal loss. I think that this was uh, just sort of like a lack of ball movement on our part. We just couldn't get anything to fall, anything to really happen offensively. And it was a defensive breakdown as well. I it, it was just all those three things which I just said, like led to this loss. I think that it was our most devastating all season. Yeah, it was definitely our worst loss. Like a, definitely our worst loss um, since the TCU game. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd say like those are our worst losses of the season. Mm-hmm. And like I just remember I was at the game like in the set. Well, we were all at the game obviously, but yeah. like in the second half when we would call timeouts or there would be a timeout called whoever called it. I would just be looking at the scoreboard to my left, and I'd be like, okay, like, it would be like 10, and then it'd be like 13, and then it'd be like 18. And even when we were down by 10, I'm like, yeah, I don't think we can come back from 10 with, like, how many minutes were left. Like, yeah. we just don't have enough offensive power or firepower to match to match UConn. And that was, like, a big difference. Like, we just don't have enough scores to match UConn. Like, yeah. I would say we're the better coach team, but I'd say UConn is the better, more talented yeah, team. Yeah, no, I don't like her. Um, well, yeah, he, so many times, like, I, I saw pretty closely. I was pretty close down there. He would, like, put his arms up and get the crowd going, which is, like, awesome. Yeah, like, I love that. I respect that. Yeah, yeah Cooley does that, too. But yeah. I, I think we have the coaching advantage, but, like, the talent just outweighed the coaching advantage, like, yeah. this time around, and especially, like, with the atmosphere and environment that UConn was playing in with their home fans and crowd there. I think uh, the size difference, too, is just, like, yeah, crazy. Astronomical. Yeah. It's like you have like a guy like Andre Jackson out there who's like six seven, and he's guarding Devin Carter, and then like you have Newtons who's like six three and going against mm-hmm. like how tall is Jared Bond? Like five, five ten. Nine, five, yeah. Ten, yeah, it's nine. like a liability yeah. out there. It's like UConn, like just like has a size, has a strength, and it's just like it felt like bully ball almost like this yeah. game. Yep. Yeah. Just sad to see. Yeah, yeah it's just 
but it's tough. I mean, again, as long as we win out the last three, I think we'll beat Xavier at home. Right. I think we'll beat Seton Hall at home. We have Georgetown uh, away on Sunday, so I think I think we'll be fine. Right. It's just like the margin of error is so much different when we're on the road than at home. Like it's crazy. Like I feel like if we missed like one, two, three shots in a row, like I'm like okay, like shit, like. We're done. All hell's loop. Like, they're just scoring transition. We're going to call a timeout. Like, oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, coach speak. But, like. Swear dry. Yeah, swear dry. <laughs> we missed, like, one, two, or three, and then UConn went in transition. They had a three or scored in the paint or drew a foul, and then we would call, like, a timeout, and then the momentum would shift, and the fans would go crazy. Be like, be like, oh, my God. Like, and then it just kept piling and piling and piling. Miss shot, miss shot, yeah. miss shot, miss shot. Everything. No physicalness. Everything. No toughness. No, no. no energy. Yeah. It's just, like. Oh my God! Like this is terrible. Like they literally outscored us fifty to thirty-seven in the second half. Fifty-five-zero. Yeah. They scored fifty points in the second half. Like you rarely see that. Yeah. To score eighty-seven points in a Big East game, like that says a lot with how tough and physical the conference is as a whole. Yeah. Like going into this game, we thought it was going to be like an old-school Big East battle, like yeah. a low-scoring affair. Back and forth. Yeah, back and forth, and it was that in the first half, but not the second half where yeah. we just gave up. Yeah. You know, it's a good way of putting it. UConn like looks really good right now. I, yeah, I, I kind of compare them to like how they play like non-conference wise. They're just clicking on all levels. It's like it's they're gonna be a dangerous team going into the Big East tournament. Mm-hmm. Now that they're hot, they they get they're getting hot at the right time. This yeah. is the time you want to click with like all all the teammates, and it seems like they're doing yeah. that. Yeah. Um, do you guys have any more takeaways from the game? That's pretty much it. That, for the game itself, that's pretty much it for me. All right. I think for the last 15 yeah. minutes of the show, we can we can tell our stories okay. from yeah. what happened. Uh, Kevin, I don't know if you want to start with the experience you got into with the UConn fans because you decided to wear a white Providence Bryce Hopkins a jersey to the game. Hopkins jersey. Can you explain yourself, please? So, uh, and elaborate on your experience. Yeah, I obviously wasn't thinking too much about this going into it but yeah I was wearing a white Bryce Hopkins jersey it was a white out I think uh I could have blended in a little more that was my thought process but no I was immediately recognized by every single UConn fan and I kind of like almost caught on fire like one UConn fan noticed and then like another UConn fan noticed and it was at a point where there was almost like 200 UConn fans just yelling at me and my uh, cousin caught on a video of uh, UConn fans just chanting, take it off, take the jersey. So I think it became a safety hazard for me, and I eventually had to take the jersey off because I was surrounded by so many UConn fans. But then eventually I think uh, I got kind of snitched on, and then I got kicked out of the student section which was unfortunate because I had great seats. Uh, yeah, the security guard threatened to kick me out of the arena if I went back in, so we just found new seats. It was still really good seats, but not being, like, in the bottom pit of the student section. Yeah. But, yeah, that's uh, going to be a story to tell Yeah. for a lot of people. Like but, we've said, like – not a great game, but a great experience. Yeah, yeah, no, great experience, definitely. And like the drive there was fun. Like, sure. yep. yeah, we had the directions going. I was playing music. Like, 
it was a nice drive, like only like an hour, hour 15, but it was like a nice drive. It was very like peaceful, peaceful, very peaceful. and calm. And like Yukon is like a lot of farmland. So you kind of get like really good views out the window. And yep. we were just like all excited to be there. Yeah. And then we got there, what, around like 4.30, 4, like 4.15, 4.30. Yeah. And like I went straight to Gamble all the way from my buddy yep. to then like way outside the door to get in the arena. And we were in the arena like two hours early, had our seat packed. We had like our towel. I was just like... Mm. Taking in the arena as a whole, I'm like, wow, it's yeah. like really cool. It feels like. Is that your first time at Gamble? Right? Yeah, really? it was my first time at Gamble. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was really cool. Like, it reminded me of the dunk, honestly. Like, they only, they sit ten thousand, the dunk fits twelve thousand, but I felt like it was much smaller than it the was dunk. Much smaller. It was like a bubble, yeah. whereas the dunk's more like spread out. I guess yeah, it is kind of creative how they like design the stadium. It's like, yeah, it's like yeah, very tennis, loud though. It's, yeah, it's a yeah. tennis bubble. Yeah, like almost like you. Can no, it see looked it, like one from yeah, the outside. Yeah, you can see yeah. it from the outside. It's like this white bubble, which is very interesting. Yeah, but no, it definitely it uh, is like a loud environment. Creates like a hostile environment yeah, oh, yeah. for opposing teams. Oh yeah, like definitely that. an advantage. Yeah, but I don't think anything compared to the dunk though. Oh no! So, well, yeah. we we need to say that biasly as yeah. Providence fans, but yeah, I'm right. biased. I think we can beat any team at home. I think we can beat any team yeah. at home. Any yeah. team that wants to come to the dunk, we are gonna beat you. Yeah, that's a threat, Kev. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm throwing my shots out there. Where ranked teams come to die. Yes, where ranked teams die. come to die. But to die, excuse me. Um, and I guess for some more stories, like we watched the game and then. I left with my Yukon buddies to grab my stuff from your zip car. Mm-hmm. We met up at like the community center. I didn't know where we were going. I had my, my buddy Colin driving. Hey, Yukon uh, campus is it's so long. spread out. It's, it's so spread, spread out. out. It's pretty huge. Like I'm just surprised that Rich, you and I just like ended up at the same dining hall after the game. We did. <laughs> we did. Yeah, I had been to Yukon before and like I sort of knew like the layout. So I, I went to uh, Northwest Dining yep. Hall, we saw you there, Ralph. Yep. It's that actually was pretty funny. cool. Yeah. I met your UConn buddy who listens to the show. Yeah. Shout so out Billy. for Shout Billy, out Billy, this episode is for you. We love you. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate it, but just had to get the quick shout-out in. Sorry yeah. I cut you off, Rich. Keep going. Shout out, yeah. So, no, it was just a great time I got to see, you know, because we're from Connecticut, Ralph. Yep. You know, and a lot, a lot of people like that I grew up with go to UConn, got to see them. So even though, like, you know, like it was a terrible, devastating game, it was a great time to just see some yeah. old friends, catch up yeah. with them, and sort of just talk about, like, the, the good old days back in, like, middle school, high school, even some elementary school, you know, like, some elementary school, like, friends. Mm-hmm. It was just a great time. Like, yeah. I, I really enjoyed it, so. And, like, UConn is, like, it, I was talking to my UConn buddy, and I'm like, yeah, PC only has, like, 4,000. How much does UConn have? He said, like, 20,000. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, UConn is, like, five times bigger than PC, and, yeah. like, it's so spread out. Like, they have, like north northwest south southwest east and like towers busby, towers, busby everything yeah, and like Worth, McMahon, yeah everything. and yep. like it's almost like four different like campuses yeah one. Yep. Yeah. yeah it's like the whole campus is like a town we were just trying to find like the bus stop and stuff and i'm like yeah. i trusted you we were going the right way to <laughs> east campus bus stop we found it we found it that's but another it, story too yeah and it was like what like a 17 minute walk it was like a yeah it was like a 20 minute walk i think all all, all like all together yeah i can't but, i can't imagine like walking to class oh i know yeah, yeah, yeah it, no, especially from where where your friends were ralph and like mm-hmm. my friend yeah like they lived on like top of a hill like their like a housing was maybe like a five minute walk just to go up the hill to get yeah. to their place yep so it was a five minute walk on top of like maybe another 10 15 minute walk to get to like their classrooms mm-hmm. which to me is sort of like insane because you could go from 
Harkins like the business school in like seven minutes, and that's yeah. considered to be the like farthest, farthest. walk on uh, yeah. on Providence College's uh, campus. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty insane. But uh, I'm gonna bring up the story of uh, go for it. Yeah. Um, when was it? yesterday morning? Oh yeah, with the Peter Pan with bus. With the Peter Pan bus. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Tell it. Yeah. So. Ralph, you and I like decided to meet up like around seven fifty ish, right? Yeah. To catch the bus for eight thirty to come back to uh, school. And um, I set an alarm for seven o'clock. I hit snooze. I slept through the alarm the second time. Miraculously, I I woke up around like seven forty five, <laughs> and Ralph's like, "Hey, like I'm ready to go." Yeah. I'm like, "Oh, oh, oh crap! Like I gotta, I gotta get everything. I gotta meet Ralph." Yeah. And like I was like, "Oh my god! Like I miss, I might miss this bus." Yeah. It was actually it was pretty insane, but I saw you actually like perfect time. Yeah, like, right at seven fifty, right, right outside at 750, of Buzzfeed. Right outside of you walked out as soon as I got there. Yeah. And then that was perfect. It took us like a good like twenty five minutes to yeah. find this bus stop. In the freezing rain. Yeah, the weather didn't help us at the all. freezing rain. Throughout the whole trip, the weather oh, yeah. was the worst. The weather was The weather might have, might, have, might have been worse than the game, quite honestly. Probably, quite probably. frankly. I would, yeah, the weather and then the game and then, yeah. I would say that those were like two bad things about this experience. Yeah. But we made it to the bus stop, had no clue where the hell we were going. Yeah, no. We but, went like one, then we went on the other side, then we went back to the other side again and went yeah. to like, the first one that we went to was like the right one. Yeah. But like, but then we just kept on walking because yeah. I thought they weren't that far I, away. I, I think I put in the wrong things. I was a mixture of tired and cold. Yeah, so I think I doesn't put in the help. Wrong address, doesn't but, help. But I mean, uh, I ended up catching the bus. Yeah. Bus got there. We were the only. We were two the only ones. On it was awesome. Bus. It was awesome. So just you and me. Uh, we talked for a little bit, but then I sort of yeah. You snoozed out. off. You had your buds in. You were like all the way out. back. I was. I was so like so drained. I was so yeah. tired. But. The great experience. We got back into yep. Providence, got yeah. dropped off downtown. downtown, and then we got an Uber. Yeah. And the Uber was a Tesla yeah, X, with the, Tesla X with the doors that opened Yeah, up no, that side. was awesome. So, you know, a story for pretty much forever. Yeah, no, because, like, going into the game, win or lose, or going into the trip, I just say, win or lose, I'm like, I told you guys this, I'm like, I want to tell, like, my kids this. I want to tell, like, my grandkids this. Like, I want this to be, like, a story that lasts with me, like, forever. Yeah. Especially, like how big of a sports fanatic I am. Like, this is definitely going to last me forever. Even though we got, like, blown out Moss, it was still so much fun. Yep. Um, like, it almost felt like we were, like, scouts or, like, general managers on the road. Yeah. And, like, I was texting my dad and brother this before the game once we got in the arena. I'm like, you know, it's so cool to, like, be at an opposing team's arena and, like, experience it. Like, the fans, the environment, atmosphere. Like, just, like, the trip itself. Like, the commute, the trip. Like, you make it an experience. You make it a story. And, like... It's so awesome, and that's what I want to do, like, after we graduate and when we all have enough money and do that with, like, Creighton and Xavier and Marquette and, like, go out after the game, like, go to, like, a bar before the game, whatever, and just, like, experience it. Because, yeah. like, I feel, obviously we all go to all the home games or as much as we can, but, like, after a while, like, you have a routine, obviously, but after a while it kind of just gets old. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. A little, a little bit. bit. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't think, know if the Dunk will ever get old. I think the Dunk's a classic. That it is. Game. Classic. It's like we almost like play every game so close. Yeah. Because every game is so exciting at the Dunk. Yeah, but like I feel like with opposing readers, like it's so cool to like fly out there or drive out there and just like make an experience and when you remember and like make an yep. especially like being in like enemy and villain territory, like if especially if you win the game, like that it makes it even more cooler. And so, like, that's something. Like, it was just so fun to, like, go to UConn, experience the campus, like, go to a downing hall, go to my buddy's dorm room, like, stay overnight, yeah. like. So, sort of see another way of, of yeah, college. Yeah, yeah, so exactly. 
Yeah, it was just exactly. It was, neat. it was a great experience. Would um, you say that the what were we the Northwest Dining Hall? Right? Northwest. Would you say the Northwest Dining Hall is better than Ray? Or what you I had was better than Ray? I would definitely not say that Northwest oh, wow. was better than Ray. Okay. I think that Ray is just like so updated now, and like they're sort of like yeah. new, and it, it's it's revamped. So yeah, we sort of no. hit Ray in like a good time. Yeah. Like that. Better than Ray. I would say it's better than Ray. I don't know. I don't know if it's, if that's so much of uh, of like an accolade or an accomplishment for <laughs> Northwest, but I would still put Ray just a little bit above because it's just it's new, it's revamped. They got some good food. Yeah. I mean, Northwest had some good food too, but like mm. I don't know, like the the way like the whole systems work, you have to like wait in like one line to go to like all these different yeah. stations. Yeah. It's sort of just like I was like, all right, like this is this is no Ray. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. Like I actually thought Northwest was better than Ray. Like I had, I had pizza, mashed potatoes, two grilled cheeses, and then like these two like chickens wrapped in bacon, which was actually really good. Like I was starving going into the game. I didn't have lunch or yeah, no, dinner before good. the game, so I like feasted there, and I thought it was actually better than Ray. Well, maybe that's why you thought the food was so good. Maybe, yeah, so yeah, I probably played a part of it. Starving. Yeah, I probably played a part of it, but like. But, no, I I I enjoyed the food at, at yeah. uh, Northwest. I mean, food. What do you have to eat? Just a grilled cheese. Oh, okay. But I had a lot. Yeah. Um, I think we might be uh, a little uh, biased because uh, Ray's, no, getting, well, Ray, Ray's getting old, you know? Yeah. Oh, well, we Ray's, old, Ray's new. Well, oh, no, know. like I'm saying, like, uh, we're getting, like, Ray's getting, like, what's the word? Uh, well, because we go there a lot? Yeah. Okay. Boring? Hey. Boring? Sick well, of it? Well, tired? I mean, it's repetitive. The show basically is just a bias towards problem. No, I'm just kidding. But. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely that's definitely the show. All bias towards problem, but problems college, problems college, everything. Yeah, they're like another difference I like noticed between like Northwest and Ray was like Ray is like a 360 dining experience, yeah. whereas like Northwest you walk in there and like <sighs> the seating is all ver- or horizontal. Yeah, and then you walk vertically to get the food, and then like there's just that one like oval area yeah. where you like get all your food whatever it's like a buffet like all you can eat right so that was interesting yeah it was just like as you just said like it's fun and interesting and cool to see like another way of life in college like, it, yeah. it, another college experience right? yeah like it very much reminded me of pc too yeah. you know with all the fans lined outside like everyone's with the theme and the loudness and everyone loves their basketball team just like how we do but good time uh yeah i mean great time great time yeah, it is elite. I think it's definitely one of the better conferences in the in the country. Um, but yeah, we only have uh, like a minute and a half here remaining on the episode. Uh, so I think that's where we're gonna call it. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you guys have any other takeaways. So I think it's our longest longest episode yet. Probably. Rich, you and I. Probably. Episode twelve. Yeah. It's nice to have you on. Yeah. Kevin. Second consecutive guest and Kevin. Me. Yeah. yeah. It, was a, it was a good talk. It was. A Probably like funnest trip uh, yeah. this semester. No, yeah. for sure. That was a blast. For sure. Yeah, it was such a great time. Yeah. For sure. So we got uh, we got Georgetown coming up on Sunday. Uh, you know Xavier on Wednesday. Xavier on Wednesday. That's gonna be yep. a huge game. Huge game. Huge implications there. You know, in Cooley's post game press against UConn, he said, you know, I'm gonna love him up and then I'm gonna tough him up. You know, we're gonna be ready and I think he said 72 hours versus Xavier. So, I mean Georgetown. Excuse me. So you know. Brief like fifty second Georgetown preview. I think we're gonna like win by double digits and win pretty easily. 
So I'm expecting a win by double digits. I think we'll be fine. Like we'll learn. We'll be tough again. Toughed up again. Then we'll head into huge, absolutely, absolutely huge game versus Xavier on Wednesday night before we take on Seton uh, on Saturday at noon for our last last Big East regular season for the Big East tournament. Yeah. So we made strong. it. Yeah. So that's gonna do it for us. Rich, thank you as always for joining me. Kevin. Thank you for making your debut on the show. So happy Ball to have fame. you you're with us here this afternoon. This was a fun experience. And uh, with that, we'll say uh, go Friars. Go Friars. Go Friars.